ACME members and welcome to Expert Interview. I'm Dori Sukup and with me today is a very special guest. His name is Dr. Samuel Shatkin. I first met Dr. Shatkin when we were both speaking at an event for Repechage last year and he actually spoke at that event and I was so impressed with what he was sharing with the group that I thought to myself, we have got to do a call together. So today we're going to focus about how to build partnerships between doctors and spas, and he is definitely an expert with that. So I am so excited that he is here with us to share all his knowledge, wisdom, insight to really help our inspiration management community. So I'd like to start by introducing him first, and then we're going to go into the content. Dr. Shatkin has quite a resume. He is a plastic surgeon certified by the American Board of Plastic Surgery, and he is in private practice in Amherst, New York, at the Aesthetic Associates Center for Plastic Surgery and Advanced Skin Care. After completing his plastic surgery training and fellowship in Memphis, Tennessee, he returned to the western part of New York to join his father, Samuel Shatkin Sr. Uh, as a matter of fact, you guys, medicine runs in this family, and his brother is also a dentist. They joined together for a plastic surgery center. So in their practice right now, they focus mainly on aesthetic surgery and skin care. They have quite a team. He has estheticians, cosmetologists, he has physicians, nurse practitioners, and registered nurses all working with him in his team. Uh, his surgical services cover all aspects of plastic surgery, including facial, eyelids rejuvenation, nasal surgery, body contouring, liposuction, tummy tucks, and other aesthetic surgeries like breast augmentations and so on. Dr. Shatkin has worked in the research field studying inflammation and healing at the University of Tennessee and also he's currently working with researchers at the State University of New York in Buffalo on novel methods for the treatment of skin condition such as acne, rosacea, and skin pigmentation. He is such a great speaker that he's often invited at ABC, local affiliate, WKBW-TV, and GRA show as an expert in his field. So I am so excited that he's here today. He has quite a resume, as you see. He has accomplished so much in his career. He also has a spa that he opened with his wife, Joni. They also have three children, and they live currently in Williamsville, New York. He served on many different associations as well. He served as president of the Buffalo Plastic Surgery Society. He holds a faculty position of clinical assistant professor at the University of New York at Buffalo Department of Surgery and is on the clinical faculty of Damon College in Amherst, New York and Duville College in Buffalo. He teaches physician assistant students. So as you see, he's quite an accomplished plastic surgeon. I'm so excited that he is here with us today. Hi, Dory. <laughs> Hi, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here, Dr. Shatkin. Yeah, it's a good thing that this is a telephone conversation because I'm blushing with all those nice comments you made about me. 
Thank you. Isn't that nice? And you know what's really funny? When I do introduction of uh, experts that are on the call, it's amazing the things that people accomplish. And a lot of times we don't think of all the things we've accomplished until somebody actually runs down through the list. And it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite, quite yeah. very impressive. So congratulations you. to you. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm going to go over the content, and then we're going to start with our conversation. We have a lot of people that are very eager to hear from you. The first thing we're going to talk about today is, again, how to build partnerships between doctors and spas. So we're going to talk about how to approach doctors like yourself uh, and talk about what are they looking for, what are doctors looking for, and how can they help each other, spas and doctors, we're going to discuss what is that ideal relationship and different kinds of relationships that could happen. We'll talk a little bit about mistakes to avoid, uh, maybe how to compensate one another, uh, how maybe we can market across one another. I'm going to cover some of those things. And then we're going to leave some time. Hopefully we'll have some time for Q uh, questions. If you have a question while you're on the call, feel free to send it to Dory at InspirationManagement.com, and we'll answer some of your questions. So let's start a little bit with um, your situation, Dr. Shatkin. Like, I know you're the plastic surgeon and you do a lot of surgeries and things like that, but then you decided to open up a spa. Can you talk a little bit about the spa, Trésoré, that you opened up with Joni? Yeah, sure. I'd like to. I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to just preface everything by telling you that, you know, well before I opened up this spa, and this is our second uh, Medi Spa in the Western New York area that I've opened, I realized, and this is probably around maybe 20 years ago, that plastic surgeons can only do so much, and most of what we target is the laxity of skin, and we're talking primarily the face. And when we're talking about laxity of the skin, we're we're not really looking at the overall condition of the skin so much. And we didn't do that in, you know, the first decade that I was in practice. I've been in practice over 26 years now. So once we started to discover that we can improve the end results, improve the appearance, improve the quality, and make a happier patient with good skin care regimen, that's when the uh, light went in my mind and suggested that we start doing more for the skin. Now, you know, estheticians have been managing the skin for decades. They didn't need me to think about this. But when I realized that we should incorporate that in the services we provide, uh, that's when we started doing it right within my office. So I think that uh, was important. And then I realized that when we opened up our first spa about six years ago and our second one about a year ago, uh, we wanted to get the services out into the community. And all of a sudden, I started to realize that now I'm starting to feed my plastic surgery practice. I'm bringing patients to my office that I otherwise wouldn't have been exposed to. So it's a, you know, you know, hand-in-hand -hand, uh, give-and-take services here, and it, it turned out to be a win-win for us. Absolutely. And you know, it's so funny you say that because a lot of doctors, even whether it's plastic surgeon or even sometimes dermatologists, they're so in a hurry to just prescribe drugs, especially dermatologists, that a lot of them don't even have aesthetic treatments within their offices. I'm shocked how many actually don't. Now, I'm sure more and more now we're seeing that more often, but I'm so glad to hear you say that, yes, it's not just about cutting and tucking and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the plastic surgery, but it is right. the condition of the skin. And I'm sure many of the estheticians on the line are saying, Yoo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> so glad to hear a doctor saying that. Well, there's so many options, and I know we're going to get into that during this conversation. Mm -hmm. 
good. So with your location, the plastic surgery location, now they're only half block apart. How far is your well, medical practice a, from? Yeah, it might, the, the, our, our spa is about a half a mile away from my main office. So it's really close, and I can go back and forth easily, and my staff can go back and forth easily as needed. But we're in a suburban community, an area where there's a preponderance of interest in the aesthetic areas of uh, plastic surgery and skin care, so it sort of works out well for us. Now, I want to tell everybody your your passion and how you are going out and speaking and helping everybody establish these relationships that we're going to talk about. Frankly, I was so surprised to hear a doctor like yourself talk about this at the Repechage event when we first met, how you were teaching everybody how to reach out to doctors and things like that. Tell us how that all got started. Why is it that you're interested in really speaking right. on that topic? This is the thing, you know, as I was saying before, it's important to look at all aspects of uh, beauty. And in my practice, from a surgical standpoint, I, like I said before, I can only do so much. So our goal was to try to give them a holistic approach to their overall beauty and wellness. And uh, that goes even beyond, which you didn't even mention, that I'm uh, certified by the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, and I'm a uh, trained nutritionist in my practice. So we do a lot with overall wellness, and I think these are all critical. But I think the, the most important thing that I said that I noticed is that I'm starting to get referrals from the spa because people that go to spas are the same people that want to look beautiful and want to start to seek out either surgical or non-surgical medispa type treatments to do, and I think that really uh, makes a huge advantage to uh, what we're trying to accomplish. So I'd like to give a few suggestions because I really want the doctors in any of the communities where your estheticians are listening in now and the spas that they have to realize that doctors are approachable and especially those that are lacking that skin care focus because I know that they're going to be happy with the results. Absolutely. All right, well, let's go into developing partnerships or why should they develop partnerships. Now, you already hit on one, the fact that they should provide them with that care for their skin and getting facials and things like that. But there are so many other benefits to partnering. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that is probably the most critical. And if you as estheticians can explain this or share this information with the doctor, so if you're writing down things now, you should take this. What doctors should not and don't want to do is to lose their patients to surgery. And essentially what that means is I do a facelift on somebody. You know, they might only have one or two facelifts in their lifetime. But after I do that surgery, if I've lost them to that operation, in other words, they look good and then they go about their way, they're not getting a continuing, ongoing care of their overall skin. And that's really important because, as we all know, maintenance is critical. So as, as a plastic surgeon, you don't want to lose that. So let's just say hypothetically you got a plastic surgeon that just does the surgery, that's all his focus is, and you've got an aesthetician with a spa down the street, if they can approach that doctor and say, look at Dr. Smith, you're going you're gonna to do surgical procedures on these patients, but we can sort of keep them in the loop, keep them integrated into your practice so that when they come to my services, because we have a relationship, we have a collaboration, when they come to my places to get their ongoing skin care, the facelifts are going to look better longer, and when it's time for them to need filler or laser treatments or some of the other things that may not be done in an, in an aesthetic spa, we send them back to you. So now you're getting that 
you know, referral back of your own patients because doctors don't want to lose their patients to surgery, and that happens all the time. So I think that's one of the most critical things that I, I would have to suggest is really important uh, for your listeners now. Sounds good. And, of course, that generates revenue streams for both businesses, and it's a great referral source to go back and forth between the two of them. I think that yeah. would be such right. an important factor. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. And then the other point I want to make is it brings credibility not just to the esthetician and the spa down the street or in the, a different part of the community, but also brings credibility to the doctor. Now, all of a sudden, the doctor is caring more about the overall wellness of the skin of that patient and not just doing an operation and and, and send them on their way. So that bedside manner, if you will, or extension of that bedside manner, now becomes a very prevalent component of that doctor's care for that patient. So whether they have the estheticians right within their facility or they have an, a, a, an affiliation or a collaboration with a spa down the street, all of a sudden the doctor looks better and the spa looks better, and there's a win-win right there. And there's nothing better than to be also giving the opportunity to add exposure to both businesses. So that way, the whether it's the dermatologist or the plastic surgeon that's referring people to the spa, but the spa is also referring people back to the doctor, so it provides exposure for both businesses. So it really is a right. win-win for everybody involved. Right. Yeah, if you, have a, if you have a spa on Main Street, USA, the doctor would love to have a billboard in your, in your spa, in your facility, that tells them that he offers, you know, surgical procedures and some of the many spa services at his office so you can collaborate on, on those treatments. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I opened up the spa on Main Street in, in uh, the community that I'm in. Uh, my office is a little bit off, off on a side street, uh, but this Main Street exposure is huge because everybody sees my name and, and it starts to be coming referrals back to me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So how would they choose each other? Let's say you are a doctor and there's a spa down the street, but then there's another spa down the street and maybe there's another doctor. What are some of the things that you think they should look for when choosing their partners? Are you talking about uh, what the spa should be looking for when they're choosing the doctor or vice versa? Both, both, yeah, both ways. Both ways, okay. Well, let's start out with the uh, the spa that's looking to find the doctor. What I tell my, my um, in my courses that I give, but they need to be prepared. When they go into that doctor's office, you can introduce yourself with a nice letter that's a beautiful uh, a beautiful stationery introducing what services you offer. And by the way, I would target doctors that don't offer those services in their office as a starting point. And then you do your homework. You have to know what that doctor does in his practice, what his focus is on. If he's focusing on face, that's important for you. If he's focused on body and you do massage therapy, that's important as well. And I want to get into the first services that I provide as, uh, in my spa, which sort of also adds to my practice. But you need to do that homework. You need to see what that doctor does, what their specialty is, what they're known for. See what exposures they have in the community. You know, uh, you know send them a letter, doctor, I just saw you, uh, your interview that you had on television or in your, your radio interview, and I was really impressed by that, doctor, and I would like to take the chance to come in and speak to you or speak to your office manager and and introduce to the services that I provide. I mean, these are the introductions, but you need to do your homework and you need to know who that doctor is, where he was trained, because you never know. One of those backgrounds that the doctor had may be similar background that you had. You came from the same community or you're affiliated with the same, you know, uh, medical uh, 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 hospital or whatever. You're All of a sudden, you're starting to put those 
those networking together, and that would get you not only a foot in the door, but it would give you a, a place to start your communication. So make sure you do your homework. That's a good place to start. Now, if you're looking at it from the other side where the doctor is looking for uh, estheticians, a doctor is going to be looking to add to their practice, and they're going to be looking for a credible facility, something that's high-end, quality, really involved with the community. When you send a resume to a doctor and when the doctor looks for the services from that that spa down the street, they want to make sure that they're integrated in the community, they're high level, they're high exposure, that they're also providing the top-of-the-line service. So that's really important. So before you reach out to that doctor, make sure you've got all your ducks in a row. And on the other hand, the doctor is going to be looking for that type of, of uh, spa to, to become partners with. So they really need to prepare their spa before they go and actually approach someone. Make sure that you have a professional menu. Make sure that your team is well-trained, they're skilled, because the last thing you want is for the doctor to send in someone to experience your place and not have a good experience, and here goes the partnership potential. So yeah, you don't want to let that happen. You know, the other yeah. thing, too, yeah, that's right, Dory. And the other thing, too, is keep in mind that, I always say you want to put your best face forward or put your best foot forward, but the estheticians, I will tell you, know a lot more about skin management than the doctors do. Even a dermatologist, and I'm a plastic surgeon, but and I'm not trying to bash any of the doctors, you know, because plastic surgeons as well. We don't know the ins and outs of daily skin care as well as the estheticians do. So we need you to expand on what we're trying to accomplish. And if you keep that in your mind, it's not like you're – you offer a certain service, the doctor offers a certain service, and it's a win-win to put the two together. It's not like it's, you, you know, they're, they're not your boss and you're not their boss. It's really a, a good uh, relationship and network. Okay, so to kind of summarize, he, he just shared a lot of great information with you. To summarize a little bit what Dr. Shatkin is saying, so you have to do your homework, do research, find out who would be the ideal doctor partner for you. Make sure that they're not offering aesthetic treatments because that will not <laughs> do you any good if they already are. So, And there are some plastic surgeons who don't have that in their facility. So make sure you do your homework and find out exactly who would be the ideal partner. Make sure that they're not too far away. It needs to be somebody who's a little bit closer to your facility so it's easy to refer people back and forth. And make sure that you have all your ducks in a row before you go and approach them. So that's the first thing that you really need to be doing. So let's say they got all their stuff together. Yeah, I think a lot of people are intimidated, Dr. Shapkin, to go and approach a doctor. I think there's a certain factor they say, oh, why would he want to partner with me or why would he need me? So how can they build enough confidence, these spa owners or estheticians or whoever they are? What would be the best way for someone to approach you, for example? Well, well, they could take my course because <laughs> I talk about how, you know, you, you are offering a service that is better than anything the doctor can do himself. So, But beyond that, uh, I think by making sure you're prepared and, you know, you get to, into, that, into that interview with the doctor, you're ready to show them what you can do. The other thing that I would strongly recommend is to start to have some protocols, particularly if that doctor does a lot of facial treatments, uh, surgeries that is, uh, have some protocols set up on how you would manage, you know, their, their plastic surgery patient before and after. I've got really uh, solid guidelines for my staff. So if I finish a consultation for a facelift, I have a checklist. 
everything that that person needs moving forward. And I like to get the patient started at least four to six weeks before the surgery to really improve the quality of the skin. So when you go to a doctor, they're going to say, well, okay, Susie Smith, you know, thank you for, for sharing that, but what is it that you recommend or what can you bring to, to our practice that's going to make a difference? And you pull out this protocol. You say, look, at, this is what I recommend. I, with my background and knowledge in the field of skin care and knowing what the, how the quality of the skin can change over a lifetime in preparation for surgery, you need to do this, this, and this. And I think that's the way to do it. So if there's nothing that you're, all you're doing really is putting your thoughts down on paper so you, you will present to that doctor. Then he looks at it, he or she looks at it and says, wow, uh, th I really need this in my practice. This is so critical for me to get the optimum results for my patients. And you'll be offering that doctor something that no other doctor in town offers. And how would you like to do that? And then the doctor says, it's a no-brainer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to incorporate them, these, these uh, treatments into my practice. So that's really what you want to do, uh, getting, not only getting your ducks in a row, but also coming up with these specific protocols. Um, you know, we, we have some for pre-surgical treatments. We have some for pre- and post-laser treatments. You know, if the doctor doesn't offer it, they're gonna, if they do lasers and they don't offer good skin care management both pre- and post, they're, they're, they're missing the boat, and they're not giving the best service to their patient. So that's an important thing. So really come up with some protocols and, and lay it all out for the doctors so that they know um, exactly what you're going to be bringing to the table. That's great advice, especially if you do it, like you said, in pre and then pre-surgery and then post-surgery. Here's all the treatments that they should be having based on the type of surgery that they just had. And then the other missing part that a lot of people I see over and over miss out on is the home care that goes with it, too. So if you add that to your protocol, so it's not just treatments, it's treatments and home care to maximize the results. And if you come with a program that's already established, he's going to see it as a breath of fresh air. And it's either you can come and do those procedures in their office or you can take the client to your spa. What, would you, what advice do you give there, Dr. Shatkin? Is it better to come into their practice and do these treatments? And what arrangement would you do or should they go to the spa and do them? Well, you must be reading my mind because that's the next thing I wanted to talk about, Dori. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Well, this is the thing. You know, I think the I think the estheticians have two options. If they've got a really strong brick and mortar space that they really feel is beautiful and well presenting and all that, then they probably don't need to go into the doctor's office, and or they, you know they can just have the doctor refer to them. And if it's nearby, if it's convenient, it's not a big issue for the patients. On the other hand, it's very possible that someone is just you know starting to initiate their own practice, trying to get their own infrastructure in order, but they know they offer the best skincare services available. And there are places you can go to to get this training. You know, you did mention Repishage before earlier. You know, my staff was fully trained by the Repishage staff and the services are, you know, phenomenal. So um that's what we do in our spa. But the point is that if if you need to, there's nothing wrong with becoming a partner within the doctor's practice. You know, go into their place, you can use their own rooms to do the treatments, have uh, certain hours that you would work in that facility. And, you know, I happen to hire all of my estheticians in my office, but, you know, there's no reason why you can't make some type of uh, financial agreement with a doctor that you'll come in and do the services for them. So I think there's two options, and I think either one would work out fine. And, again, it just depends on the logistics of the individual that, that's, that's listening to our talk today. Uh, whether they want to go with one, one area or the other or maybe a combination of both. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And if it's a spa owner, for example, somebody who owns the business, then they would just be uh, creating some kind of arrangement between the doctors to send their esthetician over to do the treatments or, like you said, just simply refer them to the spa. Now, do you have some input on what should be like the revenue share like or how the revenue splitting is or any advice on that? Well, one of the things you got to be a little bit careful about if you're referring to uh, if if somebody's referring to a doctor, he it's hard to do a kickback. Certain states don't allow that. So you just want to make sure you work out the details on that. Uh, it's different for me because I own both my spa and my main office where I also do facial treatments. But just work that out. But I can tell you this. The benefits to the doctor is not going to be taking a percentage of the facial. The benefits to the doctor is knowing that his patients are going to have the utmost care knowing that his patients are going to get the ongoing maintenance they need to keep his surgery looking better, and then getting those referrals back for the procedures that the doctor does that the esthetician can't do, like the injectables or, you know, some of the heavy lasers and various things like that. So, you know, I don't know um, how critical that is um, to really feel like the doctor is getting a piece of it. But, again, I'm coming from a different aspect. You know, I've sort of started this myself about 20 years ago, so it's a little different. But I, I think you work out an arrangement that you'll, you'll, you'll make the patients happy. And maybe for individual patients that are having surgery, they can work out a protocol because I know what I do in my practice. For every patient I do a facelift on, I package in an additional amount that includes the skin care services. And I'll go into the protocol a little bit more uh, as we're talking here. Um, so that extra $425, for example, could easily be shared if they go down the street to get the services, if the doctor, you know, wants to send them for a peel first and then a facial right before their their surgery, and I, I do a neck and shoulder lymphatic massage the week before the surgery as well to improve the not only the flexibility of the neck but also the circulation, I do that for my patients, and that's all packaged in, so the patient doesn't really know that they're paying more for it. They think it's an all part of the package, but you know, the doctor can say, okay, well, that piece of the pie essentially goes to the estheticians down the street or the, or the spa down the street that is providing that service. So uh, that's one way you can do it. I, I, but I would be a little bit careful about, like, oh, if I send you a patient for appeal down the street, you're going to send me $25 out of that $100 treatment. I think that gets into a little bit of a, a touchy situation. So I would try to steer away from that. So when you approach your doctors, I would say, look, at you. we know that the skin care is important. This is why. Um, I've heard from experts, and you can quote me if you want, how important it's been to his practice. And if you like, we can provide these services. You collect the amount of money, and then you pay us for our, our treatments, and that should work out okay. Yes. Well, I think that's a brilliant idea. And then what you said was so important, that they're not looking to make the money off the $100 facial. What they're looking to make the money on is laser resurfacing and plastic surgery and the more aggressive treatments, Botox and injectables, where they're going to make a lot more money than simply just giving the facial. I think that's key right there, what you just said. Thank you. Well, can I interject one more thing, which is sort of steps back a little bit from some we spoke earlier. When these uh, spas or estheticians are going out to look in the community for doctors that are interested in, uh, might be in need of aesthetic procedures, my recommendation is find a doctor that's really a true aesthetic doctor. And there is some overlap. So I would look for a plastic surgeon, 
uh, dermatologist that doesn't do a lot with skin care but wants to enhance their practice, maybe a facial plastic surgeon that's usually an ear, nose, and throat doctor that wants to enhance their practice. But I would shy, just, just quickly, shy away from the gerontologists, the pediatricians, the family medicine doctors, only because one thing's for sure, if a patient has a skin care issue, the doctor needs to know at least as much as the esthetician, or they need to be able to handle any problems that occur. Because I get referrals from estheticians around town that aren't really affiliated with me that have skin care problems. Like, you know, they do a, they do a uh, microdermabrasion, they get some, you know, irritations, folliculitis, they need prescriptions, you know, whatever. But make sure that doctor knows as much about the skin care or cares about the skin care that the, that the esthetician does. Otherwise, you're you're sort of not, it's not a good synergy. So just, I didn't want to spend too much time on that, but just keep that in mind as you're looking around for doctor's practices. No, that makes sense. Then the other thing I wanted to add real quick is back to the compensation and splitting or sharing revenue. Again, with a plastic surgeon, it's not about that facial, but it's about you referring people to them. So how you can help them pay back would be to put him in your newsletter or her in your newsletter, to have him write an article in newsletter, to do an event and invite him and be the speaker. You're going to give him exposure to your entire database. So anybody that needs uh, plastic surgery, now they're not going to go anywhere else but go to the particular doctor that you're partnering with. So that's a big payback. You have a lot to offer, so don't dismiss uh, right. Spot owners, estheticians, what you have to offer because you have your entire list to offer. So keep that in mind. Yeah, but, right, exactly. I, I grew mine very slowly over many years, but if a doctor wants to initiate something right away, you know, they're dealing. Doctors are dealing with electronic medical records and billing and staffing and HR uh, insurance, all these deal, these things that they don't. They have complicated uh, daily practice. You can simplify it. You know, when you approach that doctor, just keep it very simple. I can offer you this, this, and this. I feel confident that I can provide the service you want. And uh, you take all that other stuff out of the equation. Doctor doesn't have to deal with it. So, And I like the thing that you mentioned too, Dory, about we'll have a seminar. Doctor, will you come in and just you know, help? Uh, t- we'll talk a little bit about it. I'll, you'll get patients, and I'll have it in my facility. Now you've got an expanded uh, exposure. And the other thing that we didn't mention, and I know your, um, your uh, services that you provide, Dory, include this, but you know, you have a link to the websites, both back and forth. So now the doctor is going to get whatever patient goes to or whatever client goes to the spa and sees that link, Dr. Smith, all of a sudden they're going to say, well, let me see what Dr. Smith has to offer me. So now you've got that uh, that, that search engine optimization of referrals back and forth. There's a, It's a win-win again. And uh, that the more you can convince the doctor of that win-win, the quicker they're going to want to jump on board with you. And then the other thing I want us to talk about a little bit is the fact that maybe he can become a, a medical director where they can do some other treatments. Maybe he doesn't want to do, like a lot of doctor's offices don't want to mess around with laser hair removal, for example, or some of the right. similar laser treatments. So right. can you talk a little bit about maybe that option? Well, I think that's a great idea. If if um, one of the uh, spas that uh, you're talking about wants to, do some of these other services. I think hair removal is a good one, IPL for photofacial treatments. Um, then they can, if they're the doctor partner, if you will, then they can be the director of those services. And in most states, the doctor doesn't have to be on premises to oversee those type of services. They're just available if anything should come up. 
uh, and you can make those arrangements. I would strongly recommend, though, check the requirements and regulations in a particular state because they could vary, and I don't want to, you know, give you uh, the green light on that without you knowing about the the local nuances of the different communities. Absolutely. And there is a couple of different sites, like amspa.com. I think right. they have a list of different rules and regulations that you can go check out and see which states require the medical director to be on site or not on site or whether a spa can even have a medical director and maybe who can do some of these laser treatments. So you have to be very careful and make sure that you uh, dot your I's and cross your T's before you just say, oh, I want a medical director. So be very careful with that. You don't want to break any rules, that's for sure, or any right, laws, right. I should say. <laughs> right, right, right. So so maybe just to recap a little bit, you know, um, I like to call this um, – you want to transform their practice and consider it, um, I don't know, you know, the, the, the building the reciprocal uh, relationship with the doctor. You know, it's, it's a given a, give and a give. You know, you both do things for each other, maximize their revenues, uh, make it simple for the doctor, and, uh, and that helps everybody. So. Now, the other way they can capitalize on it, let's say we don't have a medical director relationship going on. We have mainly the referral back and forth, which really that's the simplest type of relationship. Right. But let's say you did an event and he wants to come over and do injectables for you for that night, do some Botox, you have a Botox party or something. Now, that's something that you can do without him being your medical director. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. I think so. You know, I, I get requests all the time to go to salons and talk about, you know, good skincare management and do fillers and injectables and you know, that's just great advertising for the doctor. And, and in most cases, they're advertising it to all their clients. So most hair salons in the area have, you know, hundreds of, of clients that's, that they service. And that's a new exposure for the doctor. And especially doctors that are sort of young in the, in the practice. You know, someone like myself, I've been, uh, you know, pretty much in, in practice for almost over 26 years now. But somebody that's young, new to the community, wants to get exposure, they want to get into the aesthetic type of business, that would be a wonderful uh, opportunity for them to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I love events. And if you're not doing events and bringing in educational components and speakers like doctors and other experts in your community, just like I'm doing here, bringing an expert to all of you guys, your clients need education. And the more education you provide, the more value they see in your relationship. So if you're not doing events with doctors and other experts in your community, I really think you're missing out on the whole purpose of why you are a spa. You are a spa because you provide wellness, beauty, health, all these things, components to your community members. So education is a great component of it. Right, exactly. I think that's really important, and, and it uh, does bring a lot of credibility to the spa when they bring a doctor in like that. And, and again, I, like I said before, the, the spa is offering those services to the doctor's clients, and, and it's a win-win. They love that. Right. And then to take that a little bit further with marketing efforts, you guys, when you do these events, you better have that camera out. You better have that video camera out. Take pictures. Take video. Highlight the event. Create trailers out of it and have him put it on his site that he was at the spa doing this, and then you put it on your site. And that's, again, another way for you to cross-market between the two businesses 
And, and again, it's another win-win for both of you. And if you're not doing these kind of things, I highly encourage you to really start. And now is a perfect time to do that, really, this season. This is a perfect time to do this, you guys, because everybody wants to look great, right, for the season. Sure. So I would highly encourage you to do your Botox parties and your peels and your injections, your Juvederm or whatever you want to do. Now is the time to do them. Let me just throw one more thing out when you're along those lines. One of the things that um, our patients can't, um, don't have the opportunity to do is some big surgical procedures right before their you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever holiday they're celebrating, but they might have time to freshen up to make them, their skin look better. So the doctor might do some fillers and Botox, and the spa may do the peels, uh, microdermabrasions, microneedling, radiofrequency, ultrasound. These are things that are easily done in a, in a spa services, and some might need the direction of the doctor, but many don't. And um, you can just expand on on that enhancement for your for your clients, because if it's uh, you know a week before Christmas, you better have that Christmas facial ready to go, because you can tell them they're going to look their look their best for those photos, for the holiday photos and family photos. And you know the doctor knows that he can't do a facelift the week before the procedure, so he's going to say, well, Mrs. Smith, I know how anxious you are to have a facelift, but why don't you go to the my spa affiliation spa down the street? where they can do a appeal for you and make you look the best you can for the holidays, and then January we'll, we'll go in and do some surgery for you. Mm-hmm. So, Perfect. See great that? opportunity. That's, that's a great, great suggestion. Very good. Very good. I already have some questions pouring in here. So, oh, good, uh, good, good. But let's go over a couple more things before we start taking questions. Okay. What are good. some of the mistakes that somebody um, needs to avoid when they're trying to establish relationships? What advice do you have for them? Well, if you're trying to set up a partnership, Dory, I would think that you wouldn't want to have some exclusivity. The doctor probably wouldn't want it unless he's really incorporating it within their practice, and I don't think the spa would want it because if the doctor says, you know, you're going to do all these protocols for me, but you can't take any patients from somewhere else, unless you know that doctor's busy enough that they can send you a lot of business, you know. So probably just be careful about saying you're going to be exclusively a spa for his patients, you know. I don't think the doctor would expect it unless he's really setting up a business partnership with you. So just keep that in mind. The other thing uh, is I would probably say don't overcommit. If you if you know a doctor is really busy and you only have one esthetician that can work in a particular day, that might be tough for you to keep up with all those patients. So you know, maybe work with a doctor that's less busy and you can sort of build together. So if you're if you're a one esthetician right now in your spa uh, and one cosmetologist, you probably can't do all the the skin care preparation pre and post op and uh, pre and post laser. You probably can't do all the makeup that you need for that particular doctor. So just be careful you don't overcommit. Cuz I I could see that happening to be a problem. Right. Let me just ask you one other question here. To do the pre and post, do they need to have special training? Well, no, I don't think so because, you know, for example, if I'm trying to improve the the skin quality, um, you know, because when we do surgery, we're really not doing anything to the quality of the skin. We're just pulling, you know, lifting, uh, where I want to have my patients get uh, start on some Pre-treatment, if they've got, if they're in their 40s to 50s, they might be on a glycolic morning and night. If they're 50s and 60s, I might get them on a retinol uh, treatment at night. But I want to get them in for a peel, open up the skin surface uh, to allow for acceptance of these skin treatments that we're going to be doing at home on a daily basis. 
and uh, lighten up the skin, improve the collagen, improve the elasticity of the skin. People with a lot of damage, I'll get them on a stronger vitamin A product, um, and I might even get them, start them with an IPL treatment, intense pulse light, to reduce the browns and reds, because all of these things are going to make the end result better. I, you know, I don't think they have to, you know, there's, there's not, a lot of, not a lot that you have to, to worry about there. Perfect. Now, if they were to do, now I have some clients, for example, that have medical directors, they're day spas, where right. they pay the medical director X amount per month to be a medical director, and right. then they come to their spa once a week or sometimes once every two weeks, they do the injections, and normally right. what they do, again, based on states, you guys, don't don't take this literally, you have to check with your state laws. And what they do normally is they would take the product cost out first from whatever was collected, and then they do a revenue share from the amount of money that was spent by this patient or the clients that came in. Now, they could do something like that if they want to. And again, if the legality within their states approve this kind of method. Or they can do just a referral back and forth, like we said, or... Um, the other way, or is that basically the well? Uh, th- well, those are the two options. But one of the things you can you can suggest to the doctor is look at you know we'll we'll bring these patients to you. We'll refer them back to you. But you know, as a as a favor to our clients, we're going to promise them a discount. They go to Doctor Smith instead of Doctor Jones because if we have a relationship with you, can you give them five percent off or ten percent off of that service? Uh, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a kickback for that referral, but you know that way the the clients are going to keep coming to the spa because they know they're getting a discount with the doctor because they're their referral. So that's one way to do it. And from the medical director standpoint, I know that there are a lot of doctors that do that. You got to calculate out how much time the doctor is going to be giving for them to pay them back. Uh, like I said before, if it were me. I wouldn't think that's important. I don't think I need to get that revenue back. I just want those clients to become patients of mine. Right. So, I, you know, that would be the best scenario for the spa owner. The second best thing would be, look, at if, if you affiliate with us, how much would you need me to pay you on a monthly basis to do that? Um, and maybe a, a new doctor just starting out who doesn't see the uh, light at the end of the tunnel, they might say, well, in order for me to do uh, twice a month, like every other week, you got to pay me $500. So then you got to decide whether that's worth it or not. I don't even know what that number might be, but I don't think you need to start with that approach. Let the doctor, you know, determine that for you, and then you can say yes or no to him or her. Makes sense. That's a tough. That's a tough question, Dory. It really depends on the individual. Right, and I have another question here from Wendy about revenue shares. So she's asking, okay. can you earn revenue from Botox parties? How does that work? Uh, you mean the spa? You mean the uh, the the spa earns revenue? Right, right, right. Well, essentially, I think you you sort of pointed to it before, Dory. You 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 take the cost of the material out of the picture, and then the doctor, you know, could sort of call it a, a rental of space, and pay them. And that rental of space is calculated based on how much they do the production at uh, the evening. Um, but you got to be a little bit careful about you know how you're you're wording it because. The spa, unless you're you're truly an employee, you know it's hard for the doctor to to share that revenue uh, in in some ways, you know. But I, I'm sure there's ways to 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 word it and work it out. And I think well, that makes sense, you know. Well, I like the way you just phrased it. I think having it as rental or event fees or something like that, because I think in most states they're really 
they're frowning more and more in the last AM spa event I went to. Revenue share is becoming a, a big taboo, I think, uh, for medical professionals. Yeah, for the health, it's not a problem for the esthetician. It's a problem for the doctor because they they can be they can be a, in, in thick water with their with their um, state licensing board if they start to do that because technically we're not allowed to it. You know, like for example, if if every time a family medicine doctor sends me a patient for my services, I send them ten dollars. That's illegal. That's a kickback, and that's not allowed. And I think every state in the country doesn't allow that. Exactly. So you guys have to be very, very careful how you word it or how you share. The but it could be an advertising fee too. You know, the doctor could say, you know, if you let me expose my uh, my practice in your facility for those three hours, uh, what's the advertising cost? And then call it an advertising fee, and it could still be calculated based on productivity of that evening. But you just won't um, word it as such. Exactly. Marketing costs, right? Yeah. Exactly. Marketing and advertising costs, right? Yeah. And I think that's okay. You can do that. Yeah. Okay, so I have another question here from Emily. So I'm not an esthetician. I'm a massage therapist. I have a specialty in lymph drainage therapy, which helps with the post-op recovery. Does Dr. Shatkin have any suggestions for me? Well, I like that, and I don't know if you picked up on it earlier when I was mentioning it, but in my protocol, and I'll I'll go over it briefly now because I know there's other questions, um, You, when I do my pre-op management of my patients, uh, for facelift, for example, I have them all go to my spa and have the therapeutic massage therapist do a neck and shoulder stretch and lymphatics to stimulate the lymphatic uh, management of that. So I know that my healing is quicker after the surgery, and I really think that's important. And I don't see any reason why they can't do a post-treatment, but it would be at least three or four weeks after the, the surgery because you don't want to disrupt any of the areas that were treated by the surgeon. So, But I think that's a great idea. Absolutely. Wonderful. So there you go, Emily. Go for it. Good question, yeah. Yeah. All right, so I have another one here from Wendy. I have tried working with dermatologists, but many have estheticians on board. The problem I have had is that derm doctor's office is that they try to keep the clients and downplay spa services, and clients end up staying with them and not getting facials anymore from us. Well, right, so right. So you refer them to them, you don't get them back. Well, you stop referring to them. But you know what? I, I would, when you do a treatment, if you communicate with that doctor and say, I just saw our mutual patient in the office, uh, I looked at the skin condition, you know, show them that you're the expert, and maybe they'll be impressed. You might be more expert than the esthetician they have in their office, and you may be, you know, picking up more, you know, things for them. You know, maybe they'll realize that the estheticians in the office aren't doing as good a job. So I understand that situation, but I wouldn't refer patients to that doctor unless that doctor is working exclusively with you as far as the aesthetic care. You know, if they got their own thing, then... Yeah, especially if he has his own estheticians. I don't think I would be referring to somebody who has their own estheticians. No, but but I know that I understand they want they want to refer it. Somebody says, well, you know, I, I really want to get Botox. You know anybody in town that does it? That's where you want to find somebody that does it. Once you start sending them a couple patients, then you send that letter of introduction and say, you know what, we just sent you four patients last month for Botox or fillers or laser or whatever. Uh, can I come in and meet with you? I'd love to, you know, talk to you about the services I provide. I'd love to um, work with your office manager, and maybe we can make a partnership or relationship where we can share clients, share patients, and help each other out. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, but don't send them to someone that you know is not going to keep, uh, send them back. That's no good. Right. 
And like you said, though, if there's no relationship, there's no introduction, making sure that they are getting people from you and show that they need to be appreciating what you're doing for them, then yeah. Right. Because you 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 don't bite the hand that feeds you, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what the doctor would be doing, essentially. You know, you don't exactly. want to do. That. Yeah. So you don't want to you don't want to deal with someone like that. You need to go find another doctor. Exactly. So, yeah. So try again. Don't give up. So I have one other question here. Actually, from Wendy again. A doctor is coming in to do Botox, but isn't offering anything to us other than a discount for me, about half off for my personal use. Is that a fair deal? <laughs> well, you know, the, well, you got to look at it this way, Wendy. Is it is it enough to to show that you have an affiliation with a respectable doctor in town? That you know whether they give you the half-off Botox or not, that that doesn't really matter. But if it's important enough for you to have that affiliation and maybe some referrals, then whether he gives you the discount or not is important. I, but I think in order to, to really make it worthwhile for both parties, it's got to be a win-win, and you both have to give a little bit. And I would say, you know, would you mind if you come in on a seminar the first week of, of November, can we tell our clients that they can come to see you as a value-added, uh, you give them a, an additional 10% for the month of November, whatever, whatever just to say that, look at it, because he's going to want that. He'll he'll pay a discount on that. He'll take a discount on that treatment so he can get him into his office. You know, the doctors should do that. If he doesn't, he sh he's silly because he's putting all that time of his own and effort in his own and marketing pieces and detail things that he's going to do that night. He's got to give an incentive for those people to come to his office. So whether it be for you or for the rest of the the uh, clients there, uh, you know, he's got to do something. Otherwise, why why waste your time? you got to entice them to come to see you. Uh, I think you need to be telling him what Dr. Shatkin was talking about earlier is a little marketing fee to where he pays you. You're giving him exposure to all these clients that he can turn into Botox clients, and all he can do for you is give you half off. I don't think so. You need to rethink that relationship and make it to where you're going to gain something a little bit more than that from him. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah. That's that's not enough. So. But you want to make it a win-win. So you want to keep it really simple for the doctor when you present to him this idea of a partnership or relationship. You make it a win-win for him where he can't say no, but you, he or she, but you cannot find a doctor that's already providing those services, you won't go very far unless you want to be incorporated in their practice, unless you know that they've got one esthetician and you've got three and you can really enhance their overall services by coming into their practice and really, you know, moving it along and getting it to that next level. So, you know, keep that in mind. But I would look around town, whatever city you're in, there's got to be some aesthetic doctors there that uh, perform, you know, procedures that you don't do and you perform procedures that they don't do, and you can have a win-win if you connect with them. And uh, I think it'll be very fruitful. And uh, don't don't expect it's not all about you know one for one dollar for one person. You know you're going to end up getting getting it in the end. Some people call it pay it forward. You know just be patient. It's not immediate return on your investment, uh, but in the long run you'll have a good relationship with with a, a health professional in the community, and it'll look good on your uh, in, on your uh, resume, and it'll end up looking good in your books too. Right. One advice I'd like to give you along these lines, too. So if he doesn't agree to pay 
certain amount for marketing that evening, then another way for you to be able to tap into more revenue from him would be to have him put you in his newsletter introducing you as you are the go-to person for spa treatments, whether it's aesthetics, massages, uh, wellness, whatever it is that you offer, and he can write this whole article about you or give you exposure to his database, give them an opportunity to opt in, and that way they can get on your list, and then you can solicit his entire client, his entire database. So that yes. would be worth a lot more than just making few bucks that evening. Right. I don't want exactly. you to be thinking just short-term gain. I want you to be thinking long-term gain. And when it right. comes from marketing, tapping into each other's list is the most valuable thing you can do, you guys. It's so important. Yeah. So well, you're you're the marketing you're the marketing guru, Dory. So you know that. <laughs> I really want you to focus on that. So if he has a newsletter or if you have a newsletter, you can cross-market each other in your newsletters, get people to opt in, and then begin a relationship with them. That's really you know, what you're after in these relationships. Absolutely. And and I can tell you that um, on, a, on a much larger scale, Google has done exactly that. It's the database of people that and Facebook and places like that, you know, that's the, the Instagram. I mean, that's what makes them so powerful. So, you know, the few hundred bucks you might get in a night or the, the half price off of Botox for the, the spa owner, you know, that doesn't mean anything. It's it's the community, it's the, the network of new clients, new exposures. The marketing value of that goes well beyond anything you're going to get in a, a pay for that, for that particular evening. So important. You're right, Dory. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. All right. Well, we, I can't believe this hour just flew by, Dr. Shaskin. I can't believe it. Uh, what else would you like to share? You had mentioned your course. What Do you want to tell people about it? Or well, I, you know, I teach the courses at uh, some of the, uh, the major aesthetic uh, shows around the country, but uh, you know, I, I was sort of saying that jokingly. Um, but if, they, if, they, if they, the people that are listening today want to um, get some information from me, maybe even get a look at our protocols, they can contact me. Uh, my uh, my email, I'll give it to them right now, which is for my business, is drshatkin at gmail.com. It's D-R-S-H-A-T-K-I-N at gmail. And uh, I'd be happy to, uh, you know, uh, share with you some of the things. Just that You can ask me questions or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, if you see my name on on the uh, ticket at one of the big, big shows, you know, I'd love to meet you. Um, I, I love sharing my experience with them. You know, in my um, short time I've been doing this, and I say that because I don't think 26 years is a long time, uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, when I first started out, I I did, um, and I put this in my lecture, I did 1,200, but the first year I had an esthetician, I did 1,200 treatments in that first year. Um, five years later, I had 12,800 treatments with five estheticians and one cosmetologist. So the, the benefits to the doctor are huge. And the revenues that you can generate are huge, even if you're getting the referrals from the surgeon. These were patients in my office that just needed those services but never realized it. So you can really um, launch your your spa practice by just, um, you know, connecting with one of these busy plastic surgeons and provide them services that you you know they need and the patients will benefit from. Yeah, sounds great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your insight and knowledge. Thank you for sharing your email. I, I didn't expect that. Wow, you're so generous. <laughs> thank you so much. Happy to do and, it. Happy uh, to do yeah, it. Yeah, so be on the lookout for Dr. Shatkin. He speaks at uh, some of the major trade shows, 
and maybe you can go attend his class and mine while you're at the trade shows. We'd love to see you all and connect with you again. And if you have any other questions that we didn't get to, still email them and we'll filter them through for you. Well, I'm sure you found this session to be extremely helpful and uh, beneficial for you and your business. I hope that you take some of the advice that we gave you and put to good use and implement them and start building those relationships so you can build your business stronger and bigger and bigger. So uh, with that, I'd like to say God bless, and we'll see you at the next expert interview. And until next time, stay inspired. Thank you, Dr. Shatkin. Dr. Well, thank you, Dory. Have a great day, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.